Hello, and welcome to The Dentrepreneur Show. I am Dr. D. Todd Russell, a dentist and entrepreneur with over 30 years of experience. On this show, we're going to discuss, engage, and prepare you for taking your practice or business to its end game. How do you grow it? What metrics do you track? How do you know when is the right time and what things you need to have in place to create the best long-term value for your business and wealth for yourself? You need to polish your spirit and prepare yourself no matter how far along you are in your career. Hello, and welcome back to The Dentrepreneur Show. I'm Dr. D. Todd Russell, and today with me is a real special guest, gentleman who I actually met a number of years ago. More recently, we reconnected, been in uh, dental for quite some time. I mean, uh, not as long as I have, but Gabe Shawan. Gabe, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Gabe, you are the Senior Managing Partner for MB2 Dental. And for hopefully most of you listening out there, but if you are a small business owner and you don't know what MB2 stands for, it's mesial buckle two. It's the elusive part of a dental root canal, tough to find. But when you do, it's kind of cool because you're ecstatic that you located it. And so anyhow, Gabe, you've been practicing for what? Over 15 years now, right? You've been with MB2 for at least 15 years. How long? 2007. I 2007. And you went to your, you're from Texas originally. I know you went to dental school in Texas. Yep. I'm from Texas. I live in Texas okay. now and I went to Houston for dental school. Ah, okay. All right, cool. And you still practice clinically yourself. Somewhat. Somewhat, <laughs> sometimes. And in the meantime, you're talking to guys like me with multiple locations and uh, around the country as you're growing MB2. And more recently, uh, just several months ago, right? Four or five months ago, MB2 crossed the threshold of 500 practices nationwide. Wow. Right. In 15 years, you guys have gotten to 500 practices. That's exceptional. And before I let you kind of tell me a little bit more, fill in the blanks here. What's most impressive about your company, you know, I've been a fan for a long time, is that you guys are a true dental partnership company, meaning that your dentists have equity stake in one form or another in the in the company. And I think that's a key element to long-term success. And you guys are proving that. So Gabe, go ahead, take the floor here. Tell me what you're, uh, what you're thinking about yourself. Tell us about you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, like I said, I graduated 07 from Houston Dental School. And then I got into a uh, private practice where Dr. Steve Villanueva, he had just acquired three practices. So it was kind of, uh, I, I was starting to see what it looks like with multiple locations with a single doctor owner. And so, yeah, I started with him as an associate. And after about a year, I decided to join him as a partner. And so back in dental school, we were always trained, get your one practice, that's your practice that you're going to work in forever. And then you're going to sell at the very end and who knows what it's going to be worth. But the end, that was kind of what we were trained. There's no business training in dental school, but we decided to partner together in order to, at that time, it was in 07, compete with corporate dentistry, right? The DSOs of the world to be able to get materials and costs cheaper, vendor costs cheaper, as well as higher reimbursements for insurance. So try to keep, get the benefit of, of the group of practices while still maintaining full autonomy as a dentist owner. And so we're trying to create that hybrid model. And whenever you said it's a partnership organization, that's, that's where everything started from. It was different dentists owning pieces of each other's practice. And back then there was no dental partnership organization. We made up that word six years ago or so, and mm-hmm. then it kind of stuck. Yeah. So in the industry, 
It's a great story. And honestly, when I come across practices, you know, I have a company that is in the process of, of rolling up, adding more practices. I tend to target more older docs and bring in associates. So a lot of times, um, and this is a part of today's podcast, is talking about exit strategies. And so, as you know, some of these docs are 70 years old and they want out now. They weren't thinking about it five years ago when maybe they should have been or 25 years ago when they should have been. So thinking about it now and, you know, along comes my company where we can, we're demonstrating that we can acquire the company. We can keep the doc for a short period of time, find the right associates, have the handoff and things go well. But you're right on the old style was to come out of dental school, to associate with somebody and then to buy it. And they just perpetuated that particular practice. Now you come out of dental school, you can, you can be a lifelong associate. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. There seemed to have been a stigma about it, but more recently, I think that has changed. Now, Add in what you guys are doing where I can be a general dentist or a specialist specialist in, in the field, but I can be a part owner without having to do HR, without having to do payroll, without having to do procre- you know, what do you call procurement. I don't have to do any of that stuff, but yeah. yet I'm a partner. Or, and I love this, and, and this is, um, you have a term for it, and I forget, it, it's your sidecars, right? Isn't that what you guys right. call it, right? Yeah. Sidecars. So I can essentially give you some, give, uh, give the management team some capital, and you're going to go out and buy five more practices, and I'm going to have one, two, three percent of each of those practices. Yeah, it's, we've evolved over time, but the first 10 years, we got to 85 practices where dentists own pieces of each other's practice. So mm-hmm. it'd be a, an operating partner and then other investing dentists into those practices. Uh, we didn't, we couldn't get bank debt back then because it was very difficult. So we just used cash as we made money, we reinvested it back into new partnerships. So we're equity rich, cash poor, it's kind Mm -hmm. of how we lived for 10 years, but it allowed us to get to 85 practices in 10 years, no debt. And that's where the sidecar concept comes from where dentists investing in dentists, you know, you're not just part of the same family, the same group, but you physically have financial, you're financially aligned as well. And so that's what evolved into what we call sidecars, which is just a bucket of money. It's like a mutual fund buys part of 50 to 60 practices and all of our owners can own pieces of each other's practices. It's just a beautiful concept. And then when you're together, when you guys have a continuing education group, there is a, a sense of family community because you're essentially right. all partners in each other. Oh, Dr. Gabe, I know you're the, your practice is the one and blah, 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 blah. I'm glad you joined us. Oh my God. I see how you're doing. And uh, you know, I love hearing about your success and you know, keep going. How can I help you? You know, I'm, 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 you know, I've been practicing for 30 years. If there's ever anything you need, here's my card. Call me. You know, I mean, I love it. So after that introduction, which we're going to go down more and more of this path, and I would hopefully you can come back on the show if you if you like doing this, and I'll have plenty of other questions. And what you're going to see is me make notes all the time over here on the right on my right because that's all the questions I still I didn't get to ask because uh, I want to ask them later. But anyhow, so my big question in this uh, these ten episodes or so of my show has to do with exit strategies. I most recently wrote an article about Dear 35-Year-Old Self. I think I explained that to you a little bit. My listeners have already heard me talk about it. But I think 35 is a great time in your life to your your practice is growing, partner, uh, maybe you're a partner, maybe you're the owner or becoming the owner. And now you've got to have this focus and this vision on the next 30, 25 years and when you want to get out. Is it in 25 years? Is it in 30? Is that 60, 65, 70, whatever it is? And you have to start thinking about the plan A, the B, the C, and the D at that time. That's my opinion. My other guests have 
yeah, they've dialed that back. Some have said, heck, right out of school, you might want to be thinking about it. What's your experience? What have you seen? What 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 resonates in your head when I say dentist exit strategy timeline? Yeah, so it's it's a very personal decision for every dentist, right? And what I find is most doctors, you don't have to know tomorrow what you know today, meaning you don't have to feel the same way about your career. But it's important to still think about it long-term. So you have your long-term goals and you have your short-term goals, and they could change over time. But if you don't think about what's going to happen in five years, 10 years, 20 years, and you just keep plugging away, you could, you could foot fault, if you will. You could find yourself so that you are heading towards the end and not knowing exactly what it means. And whenever you get to the end you know, of your career, your practice isn't valued. And that's the horror stories that we hear all the time is, oh, my dad, he works and then he, he went up and then he went down and then he didn't know what to do and he had to give away his practice away. So he was expecting this big kind of, this is my retirement nest egg. Yep. It was worth nothing. And so you have to kind of know those pieces of the puzzle. But at the same time, you understand that if, if you still have a long career ahead of you, things change. The market changes. There's dentistry changes every few years, right? And so you just have to be cognizant of, of what's out there, go towards some goals, but at the same time, know that things can change at any point. You got to pivot. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice there. Well, that's where I go with the plan A, B, C, and D. If you're thinking about those things and A isn't working or doesn't work, you can easily pivot because you've already put your head to it. Right. You've already thought it through. You haven't thought through all the details. You haven't called in all the experts yet, but you've, you've thought about it. With the MB2 model, so I'm 55 years old and I've got a $3 million practice and I want a revenue, gross revenue practice. And I, I don't want to go down the associate path because I've already tried that and they've failed or you know they've left me. So along comes MB2. And at, at my point in time, I don't think I want to retire for 10 years. Right. So yeah. does that mean that I become just a W-2 employee with someone like you guys, or what is my level of involvement? Yeah. So in that example, you are, when, when a doctor joins, I always say it's like refinancing your house, or you're just taking some chips off the table, right? You could sell part of your practice to an associate, which then you become partners. The goal there with partnering with an associate is their, their chair side. You probably still have all the ownership duties on your head. You're trying to, you could try to kind of give them some of the duties, but a lot of times they won't do it the way you want it. And so it's really, you're trying to lock them in long-term, be the face of the practice alongside of you. And that's the goal when doctors partner with doctors. If there's not clearly defined and delineated kind of roles, then that's where partnerships get carried. With MB2, it's the opposite almost. You're, you're selling part of your practice. It's probably going to be sold for higher than what a, a partner or an associate would, would pay you for part of your practice. But it's the same general concept. They're not there for chair side or clinical. They're there for all the backend stuff, the HR, the marketing, payroll, anything that you have to do on Fridays or you have to do at the hour at the end of the day, it frees up your time, right? So they're doing the business side of things while you still call the shots, make the decisions. And so for a doctor who has 10 years left, Doctor owner autonomy is very important. As an owner of the practice for the next 10 years, you still call the shots, make all the decisions of the practice. You just have the business team behind you. And you're right in that doctors can hire people and consultants. The difference is 
this is kind of automatically happening in the background. This is an extension of your practice. You still kind of make the decisions you want of your practice, but there's just people in the background working for you with in the mindset of they have equity at stake. So they're vested in your success as well. Key component there is equity at stake and therefore invested, invested or invested. When you have, you know, in the in the DSO world where the doctors are just employees, really the people calling the shots generally are not dentists. And so they're calling a shot, you know, from without ever having to be what I call in the weeds. Yeah. Um, you know, down down below, getting down and dirty. I said to you earlier before we started the show about, you know, they're not the ones that are out shuffling the snow on the sidewalk, which one of my other guests had mentioned, you know, we're we're out doing that because we have right. to. And that's the uh, that doesn't show up on a P&L statement. That's, you know? that's exactly right. You know, OK, so now so I am I'm uh, I'm thinking about my exit strategy and you've probably come across some really good transitions most of my audience here is dentists who are single shingle docs or maybe a larger, you know, footprint of a practice. Now tell me a story about one that went really smoothly, a successful story within your own company. And then tell me about one that didn't work out so well. Yeah. So a disclaimer, every when a doctor decides and looks at their future and what it looks like, they have to understand every DSO is different. Every mm-hmm. private equity group is different. Every it's, it's as different as one practices to another. Right. And so our success stories might be someone else's failures and vice versa. Sure. And so you have to keep that in, in the back of your mind. But with our, our model, our average owner with 500 some odd owners is about 47 years old. Our average owner who does well, they're successful, but they hit a wall. And it means different things to different people. And everyone has their own why. Why are they even talking to groups? But the ones that are doing well, but they just need their time back. Meaning there's doctors who have 5 million revenue practices and they're just tired, right? They don't know. They just want, they want to go on vacation every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And so for those doctors, what invariably happens is they join, they get their time back, they take their vacation and they get bored. And so they're successful in their own right. They're successful because they got to this place because of who they are, how they treat people. Mm -hmm. But then they, they miss, they have, they miss, they miss their, their, their time. And then they, they, once they get it back, it's kind of like if you aren't doing all the business things in the background, if you're not doing the extra hour at the end of the day going in on Fridays, if you're not doing that, what are you going to do? Right. And right. so a lot of times then they get bored, then they go to multi-site sometimes and they own multiple practices, whereas they could never do that on their own. Yeah. Or we had a doctor who went from one to five, like he vacationed for two years and he got the five practices the next year. And that was his, his, his goal. And now he, I mean, and he moved away from his practices, but he's still there all the time. He's still mentoring. He's still mentoring his associates. And so that's the success story for the doctors that they can keep going and they love it and they love dentistry. They love what they're doing, but they need some time back. Sounds like multiple paths really within your house. And I think you touched on that earlier and that you've evolved, but here's a, you're just a, a great example of someone who kind of got rid of all that chaos with running the practice, then came back and became a partner in five practices, manages them, essentially makes money off of that, but still drops in and mentors coaching. I right. call it coaching. I, I think it's more coaching. Uh, I was a women's soccer coach in college and then youth athlete coach, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like it's more coaching than mentoring, but that's my term. But then you could also spin the drill and put it in your hand if you wanted to. That's all you could do. Right. You could work out of one practice or five practices. In our model, you do whatever you want, right? The, the right. most common question up front is, 
what days do I have to work? Or how long do I have to be here? Or can I do a free dental day? Or, or whatever it is that the traditional DSOs, whenever they've talked to, they're an employee, right? They're told they have to keep certain metrics and do certain things. In our model, you're an owner. You do whatever you want. You work the days you want to work. There's no one, you're not asking for permission. That right. makes sense. Yeah. And so that's kind of the biggest thing. Now, in our model, the failures, it doesn't happen too often, but it is harder for us to partner with doctors who are close to retirement, who say they want to be gone in the next year, right? That works very well for, like you were saying, you find the right doctor, you have the team behind you, then you can fill in and bring in partners to buy those practices. In our model, it's always, what's the succession plan? If you're going to be here for the next two or three years, great, wonderful, let's work on that. But we need the succession plan because every single one of our practices has a local owner. Mm-hmm. Every single one of our, our practices has a doctor with equity at stake making decisions, even if they own very little of a practice at the end, mm-hmm. right? And they sold down and got a lot of money over time within our model. They still need a local owner who cares, who are making the decisions. And so that's where the hardest part in our model because the doctors run things at a local level, we don't have a huge infrastructure of people who can go in and run a practice, business people. It's not our model. It's the doctors that are the ones who, who are making those decisions. And wildly successful, I might add. You guys are killing it. Yeah. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. It's fun to, like I said, I my company, we took a different path. But I've always, uh, since I met you guys all those years ago, I've always admired what you're doing. I've always kept an eye, I always keep reading and hearing. And, you know, we've got you and I've got something in the works now that we're talking about. And, uh, you know, it's it's good to actually work together. Um, there you go. I and for me, that. I got to tell you, working with you and your team, I'm excited about what I'm going to learn because I don't want to get in your heads a little bit. And I want to see how it how the cogs really, really turn. I don't think there's any magic. I don't think you guys are doing anything hocus pocus. It's all pretty much what we both have been doing a lot of for a very long time. Right. But again, go back to my term. I call it plagiarism, a coaching, modeling, whatever it is. I'm interested to see what I'm missing that maybe you guys can give to me and hopefully vice versa. Absolutely. And in the end, hopefully we deliver something that uh, rewards both of us. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. But again, I'm not going to touch on that too much. All right. So if you were a doc, right, well, you are a doc, but you know what I'm saying. If you're the selling doctor, yes, who are you going to call on? to help you start to build this process. What are some of the, you know, and, and, and the accountant and the attorney, of course, mm-hmm. right? Everybody that's, a, that's a, to me, that's an easy answer. Are they the only ones? Are there others? And then you and I know, just like there are specialists in endo and different things, there are specialists in mergers and acquisitions when it comes to law, mm-hmm. there's specialists in family court, there's specialists in estate planning. So you need somebody that understands what's going on in those fields. But what, what do you think? Who do you think you should have? So I think, those people that, that you just mentioned are very important to have, right? The trusted advisor. Trusted advisor can be different things to different people, right? So the mm-hmm. lawyers, that is usually down the... Uh, people don't usually have just a lawyer that they can call up and they because it's per hour and it costs a lot of money. And so um, that is going to come along the way if you get serious. Right. Um, your accountants, if, if you're not great at numbers and if you don't know your numbers like the back of your hand... Hopefully, you have a very trusted accountant who can kind of walk you through metrics and what you should be looking for and things like that. Mm-hmm. Brokers, again, if, if there's dental brokers out there and you can interview them, you could talk to them. And if you talk to them, they're going to say, obviously, use them. And so, again, if you trust somebody, you can, you can go down that path. With us, it doesn't really matter. And so, we work with individual doctors who inquire with us all the time. 
and we have a team that will work with what we do is we take a PL of last year and a production by provider report. And then from there, our team can work directly with the doctor and show them their numbers. And then actually the doctor has to come back and, and say, well, this needs to be added back and this is a one-time expense. And so really it's a very collaborative effort and we're very open book about all that. And then they could tell us, you know, whatever they think with their accountants, right? Between right. them and their accountant, that's the, that's the goal to find what, what's the cash flow of the practice. And so I think the metrics were last year, 60% of our 120 practices that joined us were referrals from other doctors who had already joined us. And so it's one doctor telling their friends who have joined us. And so there was no third party really in the conversation. It was us working with the doctor and their accountants. Yeah. And so, but it is important to know your numbers, right? No matter what you do. I, again, I think we touched on this before we started. Uh, actually, the show today was uh, an example. I told you of somebody that I'm helping to strategize his future. And I'm, I can't believe that we're using um, carbon paper checks to record our accounts payable. And so, yes, it's important to know your numbers. It's important to know the key categories and the percentages of you don't. I always tell everybody when you look at a, a profit and loss statement in your dental practice, there's income, there's expenses, then there's that magical line that's called EBITDA or net operating income. And mm -hmm. that's the number that you sell your company on. Then there's all the stuff the accountant does below that amortization, depreciation, taxes, blah, blah, blah. And then there's the number you pay your taxes on. Correct. Get really good at understanding the numbers above that one. Let the accountants handle the one below it. Yes. And know, know where you belong. Know what you need to do. If you're going to partner with MB2, MB2 is looking for a company that's well-run, right? You don't want to take mm -hmm. on a mess, right? A partner that's a mess, the whole thing's a mess. So put your ducks in order now systemize. And that was my next thing. How about systems? What does MB2, do you guys just, do you guys have your playbook? We call it the empire way at my company. You have your playbook, you walk in, you go, okay, this is the way you do it. Or is it a little more laissez-faire with the owners of the practices? Yeah. So clinically, we don't have any clinical directors. We don't have anybody who are experts in any one field because everybody who joins us we truly have some of the best orthodontists and specialists and GPs. And, and so they all are, are good. They all yeah. invest in each other. And so they all care about each other's work and how they're doing. And if somebody needs help in some ways, we're, we're aligned. Mm -hmm. uh, but that being said, a lot of the systems are just kind of in the background. It's the thing that doctors say, well, I'd like to do. And so all of our departments have been formed over time from what the doctors come and say, well, I'd like to have this. Right. And so we didn't used to have a robust marketing team. It was, it was one guy. Now there's about 12 or 15 that the marketing team, they help work on your digital online presence. They help working on online ad spend, tracking the dollars spent, things like that, and giving you data and feedback so you can make decisions on what you want to do. Then they implement. Right. The hardest thing for us was probably fee negotiations with insurance companies. It's been the hardest thing for most groups in the industry. But that was part of the reason why we kind of grouped together in the beginning was to be able to get higher reimbursements, right? Like the, the, the large VSOs. And so it's something that we hit hard in this last year. Uh, we formed a full team kind of around insurance negotiations. And so now we're seeing increases across the board in all of our practices, whereas we didn't have it before. Yeah. Right? It was yeah. important to our doctors. They're trying to figure it out with the consultants. So why didn't, so our, our job was to just bring the right people in house 
yeah. and do it for all of our practices. Strength in numbers, Gabe, strength in yeah. numbers, right? Exactly. It's because, hey, listen, this is what we bring to the table. We need to talk. If not, then we're going to encourage everybody just to dump and then you're not going to have that for your client base. And I mean, that's exactly it, it but definitely... it's laissez faire and it's also structured. And it's so it's, it's a com- it's we try to walk that line. There's a line there, right? And so we walk that line centrally. Yeah. But OK, so let's go back to the laissez faire versus hands on. Right. So here I am. I've, I've now I'm 55. I've sold you guys. I've, I'm definitely practicing for another five years. Um, I want nothing to do with insurance companies. Right? right. So definitely you guys are handling that for me. But one area that I, I enjoy is working with the reps with certain, let's say I like to place my own implants. So I mm-hmm. like to work with a certain provider of systems and I enjoy the rep. I think he does a great job and I like the product. Okay. Yep. I can have leverage in your organization to go ahead and do what I want. Right. Like within reason, I'm not, I'm not going out and buying a, you know, half a million dollar piece of equipment, but I'm saying, this is the system I want to work with. I'm going to handle this. It's going to show up on the P and L. And you guys are like, yeah, great. Go ahead. As long as we know you're producing and you're happy with it, who cares? Yeah, you have your partner, you have equity at stake, right? So mm-hmm. your decisions are going to be based on what you should, you believe you should be doing because it's not because it's your money. Yeah. And so if there's a capital infusion to buy that piece of equipment, whatever, the doctor has to put in their portion, right? Mm-hmm. And so therefore that's the great equalizer. If you enjoy working with certain reps and certain implant companies, our job is not to tell you which implant company to use or any vendor, but we will use our size and weight to get them all cheaper. Right. And so there's a good chance we already have preferred pricing right. on whether it's Invisalign or if it's any, whether implant, whatever it is, whatever it is, we've yeah. already try to work with all vendors to you throw our weight around to get it all cheaper. So the doctors still do what they know, mm-hmm. but when they join us, a, a switch is flipped on the other side and they just get our pricing. Or yeah. if it's a large national account with a large distributor, you become on our you come on our platform. So if, if a compressor goes down, usually they'll come in and get one in the next day or within a few hours if they can because of our size, right? So it just a lot of this sort of happens. Use whatever lab you want, but we've just negotiated five national labs really low, right? And so you can use them, you can use your local one, you can help our team can help you to negotiate with your local lab, things like that. I want to point out one thing to the listeners when it comes to MB2 and and their their model. When you, as an owner doc working in in your former practice, and you guys have partnered that you've been paid X dollars or percentage of uh, of ownership is now in MB2's hands, and you retain the ownership. At the end of every day, or let's say every month, there's money left over. I got paid a W two based on just like an associate contract, X percent of what I collected or adjusted production, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I got paid that. And then because I was managing and monitoring expenses, I was making sure that the employee numbers stayed close and the supplies were ordered through a partner that MB2 is negotiated with in a lab that MB2. Now there's a dollar left over. Right. Everybody's paid and happy. MB2 is going to take a, a fee for, you've got to, all these support people are not free. So there's mm-hmm. got to be a, a number that comes off. Then there's a number left. So MB2 got paid to help with the support staff. Everything else got done. Doc got paid. Associates got paid. There's a dollar left over, and MB2 is sharing that with the doctor at that point in time. Correct. It's a K1 distribution of profit based on how much equity you own. And what that means is a lot of times when I see two partners, they do some weird stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Very rarely do they pay themselves a percentage of what they produce, and they just if they're 50-50 partners, they just split the profits in half. Usually they have some mechanism where they 
show how much they work. And then based on how much they actually work, then they get more or less, even mm-hmm. though they're 50, 50 partners with MB2 or it's, it's very cut and dry. Yeah. You have all the doctors are paid. All the expenses are paid from the practice itself, including the owner doctor for whatever they're doing chair side where all the bills are paid. Doctors are paid. Every, everything's paid. Whatever dollar, if there's $10 left over, if MB2 bought 60% of the practice, then six, six, uh, I think I said $10, whatever, then $6 go to MB2. Right. Yeah, you did. So the doctor, <laughs> just to yeah. make it simple, right? Right. So, right. Um, yes. Yeah, so it, it's split as a K1 distribution profit. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, unlike others, you sell to somebody else and you don't see that K1 distribution. You may have equity stake, but it's not shared on a monthly basis or recurring basis. It's just at the end of the year. Or if you own a percentage of your practice still in equity in the in the parent company, it's not until the next turn, which we really haven't touched on that on my podcast yet, talking about yeah. private equity infusion in terms of capital and all how all that works. And I'm going to save that for another conversation with you down the road. Um, I so it kind of, again, we go off on tangents and here we are with some great discussion points. And, you know, I really want to focus on the exit of a doc and when they should be planning to exit. A question that popped in my head is, as you were talking there, Gabe, for those of you watching this and listening on YouTube, we got to know what is going on behind you. I see the Avengers up on the wall um, or something. What is this? Yeah, it's, it's just my office, right? My home office. And so I, I have a Pretty much all around collection of just little Marvel statues and stuff. All right. So you're a Marvel guy, ultimately. <laughs> yes. That's what it comes down to. All right. And yeah. so tangent, big tangent here. Who's your favorite Marvel character? Oh man, that's a that's a good question. I don't I it's probably gotta be Iron Man. Yeah. I was hoping you say that. My favorite yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of dentists relate to the techie toys and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now when we can do this on our screens like all the time. That's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, like I told you when we started, uh, I try to keep the shows through about 30 minutes. This has been an engaging conversation with some great points. Um, you know, your company, like I said, I, I really admire it. I think you guys do a great job. I look forward to talking to you more and more. I like to close the show by asking you about your influences. My listeners have heard for me, it's the two docs that uh, shaped me. One was Heaven and Hell on his um he treated his uh, patients like they were his children. He treated his staff like crap. And the other guy treated his staff great and his patients like crap. So they've shaped me. The speech by Vince Lombardi, what it takes to be number one is posted in my offices, is my screensaver as well. There's books that I, General Colin Powell, for example, wrote a great book, his autobiography. I just loved it. Some may recall a name, Lee Iacocca. He turned Chrysler around, another great biography. So an influence of mine. How about you, Gabe? What's, what's, uh, what are your influences? So I don't, I don't have global influences like that. I, I guess in, in my career, it's really been Dr. Steve Villanueva, who, who's my mentor, but he's also the doctor who founded and started the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're obviously very close. We've been partners for 15 years. Two things that kind of stick out in my mind is in the beginning, he had the concept of less of more is more, which just means that the parts can be added up to be more than the whole, right? Mm-hmm. Owning pieces of, of practices could diversify your risk. It could make it so that if one, something happens in one, one sinks, the other one can swim and we don't like taking risk. And so that, that kind of uh, shaped in B2, who we are, how we work and putting all of our, our equity across a huge platform, mm-hmm. right? So that was kind of the first thing. The second thing that kind of sticks out in my mind along the way is um, he said, we didn't go to dental school to become businessmen. And 
along those lines is if you had a business guy come in and try to do a root canal, it would be pretty laughable, right? Mm -hmm. Because sure. he wasn't trained for that. And we're not trained for business. And so whenever it's the same concept, whenever we go and try to wear all the hats and do all the things, they're going to, business guys would look at us and, and laugh at us, just mm -hmm. like we would at them at doing the root canal. And so that just, again, helps me to know my lane, to know where my strengths are, as well as if you hire the right person in the right seats, that it'll make your life better. Yeah. Oh, so. well, great, great advice without, like you said, without a, a global influence, but uh, definitely local and some fantastic thoughts there. Definitely something we should all take, sit back and take a thought at and take a, a stab at in our mind is uh, something. And I learned this through, uh, we follow, we subscribe to something called EOS traction tools, mm -hmm. right seats, right people. There you so go. key. It doesn't mean that person doesn't necessarily that they don't belong in your organization. You just put them where their strengths are and you're yeah. going to be better off across the board. Well, Dr. Gabe, thank you so much for being on my show. Thank you for giving me a chance. I look forward to, I know I'm going to be seeing you soon anyhow. Um, yeah. And, uh, talking some more on my show. Hopefully, like I said, I've already got a couple of notes over here on future co topics. Um, I got one real quick. Oh, uh, yeah. I think for a future one, um, yeah. what to watch out if you're talking to DSOs, what to yeah. watch out for, right? What to look for, because I think there's a lot of footfalls. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are written in contracts or that you might not quite understand until you're in it. And so things you should be asking DSOs, that's, it's, it's very important to understand the concepts that they're putting down on paper. Yeah. Again, anyway. this is a great, <laughs> I made that note. In fact, that's a, that's a topic that I can probably do about 40 shows on. There you go. You know, 40 oh, different geez. people. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. If someone wanted to reach out to you and contact you, how can they get a hold of you, doc? So I'm on social media and stuff, but probably the easiest is my email is Dr. Shawan, D-R-S-H-A-H-W-A-N at mb2dental.com. And two is the number two. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on my show. Um, my pleasure. So this is Dr. D. Todd Russell, Dentrepreneur LLC is my podcast. It's also my website. You can follow me and please do on um, the platforms, uh, YouTube channel, Spotify and Apple. Listen to other shows. I've had some great guests on already and looking forward to having some more in the coming months. And uh, thank you again, Dr. Gabe. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Please follow or subscribe to this show on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube. If you would like further information or to meet with me one-on-one -on -one and discuss your practice, please feel free to contact me through my website, dentrepreneurllc.com. Many more exciting guests and topics are headed your way. 